Hey girl. Hey mama. Ready to get unschooled? Totally. Welcome to Moms Unschooled. Where we break down all the things from the mundane to the magnificent. So you can think for yourself and do what's right for you. Hey Erin. Hey Sarah. I have been looking into what exactly coronavirus is doing to our kids lately and I wanted to share some information that I've I've dug up about it all. I find it fascinating that for the past eight months this has been the topic, the headlines, everything the media is talking about, how they spin coronavirus to get another kind of opinion out about something else that's going on entirely in the world example, politics. And so I just kind of wanted to dive in and see what it's what's going on with our kids these days. We have been doing so much in regards to survival mode, keeping ourselves healthy, keeping the nest kind of tucked away and secure. I know that we had that kind of ideal early on in the springtime for our family. And I've been looking into this for a couple of months, and just recently people have started talking about it. And I wanted to share some news I got um, with you. There are experts out there that have started doing studies about kids and the coronavirus and its effect on them, how it's deepening their mental health. Mm, and okay. this this one health policy researcher thinks it's going to be almost a, quote, double wallop on our kids. Because there's the disease itself okay. and then the fear of it. I'm sorry. I'm so thrown off by the word wallop. Wallop! I, I'm wondering if it's a typo and they meant dollop. Like a dollop. Like a double dose of this craziness for our kids. But I guess but I did a, okay. read that quote correctly. It is. Okay. So it's a it's a wallop. From it's a double says wallop. Ab- Ezra Golberstein says it's a wallop. Okay. So tell me more. So what is the two? Tell me the both sides of this wallop, if you will. Sure. So... There's the disease itself that you can either be fearful of it or you're not as fearful of it. And we know our, our world is divided into two of those teams. However, the children see both of those teams constantly, all of the time. Then they're getting their main information from their friends, but most of all, their families and how their families are coping and dealing with this new situation for us all. So there's the disease itself that's also affecting families, some families more than others, in terms of people who've been sick, people who are working in healthcare, and those who have actually died. You have that effect of the actual virus itself, and then the children also have the fear of this virus. You know, if if we were back in 2018, we had the flu. And we all took the proper precautions to make sure that we and our families didn't get the flu or did everything we could so that we didn't. But we didn't live in fear of the flu. And so now the coronavirus is this new entity for our kids. They don't quite understand what's going on. Let's face it, None of us really know what's going on. And so there's this fear and anxiety building up in them due to 
how their their world, their society is reacting and what they're actually dealing with and creating in their own minds. It's a lot going on because as you said, many families are in survival mode just trying to adapt and figure this out. I can understand how that can be very confusing to the kids. Like, oh, my mom or dad is now working from home this week, but now they're not next week. But today's a Wednesday and they're home early or now I can't sit with my friend on the bus or whatever it may be. The lack of maintaining some sort of consistency and routine in their lives, I think is a challenge right now, especially as things keep adapting and changing. It's not like we went to this clear, okay, this is the plan. Mm -hmm. And this is how it's going to be forever. Yeah. Or this is how it's going to be for your summer is going to be a little different, but then at school expect X, Y, Z. The guidance is mostly, hey, this is what we're hoping will work out. If it doesn't, we have to change it and then we'll have to change it again and go from there. And for different types of children, some do thrive more on structure and routine and knowing expectations. I can see how this would be a storm of anxiety for them, especially also for them to see their parents who might also have those same responses to this lack of structure or certainty. It's a challenge. So what else did you find out? Well, exactly. And the routine, but also what if there was a child that went into this pandemic with already severe anxiety issues or mental health problems before this. Now our world has shut down. Can they even get to their therapists? The the structure and the resources that that family had before, now we have a new level of anxiety and what? Some of these families are now doing this on their own. Yeah, and they're also losing kind of more subtle sources of support. For example, my son has a great connection with his swim coach. Mm -hmm. And when you had to shut all that down and take it away, children who even didn't have more formal necessarily like counselors or meetings with psychologists or whatever, just taking away their social structure that they typically get from outside the home is a huge change. Exactly. And that's what this article goes on to talk about. The loneliness in lockdown or even the loneliness if your family has to quarantine for two weeks. It is affecting our kids being separated from their social norms, school, resources, people and activities they know and love. And yes, it's going to affect different children in different ways to varying degrees. But some people are even comparing the pandemic to the traumas that earlier generations have faced with things like 9-11, Kennedy assassination. Okay. Some children could potentially be affected in that level of trauma from this. I could see that because depending on their situation, and I'm sure you might have some stuff on this later, home is not a safe place for every child. Right. So I understand the magnitude. I see the comparison now. Or you know what I mean. You have a lovely family, but your mother is a hypochondriac. Oh, you know, okay. there's so many different examples where oh. home feels a lot different to some than others, especially during an example of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it is also impacted by how the family has been affected. Like I said, it will change the children's worldview. When you said that. It also rings true that, and I'm not comparing COVID to 9-11. I'm using this author's metaphor or whatever, but 
you might have been too young to remember things like 9-11 or the Kennedy assassination. COVID has affected kids of every age. Kids who are two who might have not been going to daycare, that whole thing is suddenly gone. So they can't even understand what's happening, but they know that things are different. You're spot on. I will talk a little bit about the different age ranges and and how they are affected and also how we can help them through it. But even a a little four-year-old was briefly interviewed at one point and he said, I have a grandma and a grandpa who are very old and it can infect them and they may die. That is what they're hearing. Mm. If the news is playing 24-7 in the household, if the parents have been fearful or talking over the kids' heads at dinner time, the kids are catching on and then they're creating these ideas. They're filling in the gaps of what they've heard and then creating how it will make sense to them in their world. And we also have to figure out how to help them through that and give them the correct information in layman's terms. Yes, that's really interesting that you said that because I have a friend who is a pediatric ER doctor in North Carolina and he has, I think, two or three kids. And I'm wondering, what are the conversations around his dinner table? Mm-hmm. Because cause he knows so much, you know, I wonder how that kind of behavior has changed their family. Absolutely. You know, does he cross a red line where he can leave it all at work? Or, you know, does, does he come home needing a sounding board like his wife and the children are listening? How much do they understand? How much have they heard versus understand? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I, I said people are equating and comparing this pandemic to things like the, the assassination, 9-11, the Challenger mm. disaster. Mm. Bottom line is, if you ask our generation, they know where they were on 9-11 when they found out that the Twin Towers were going down. Our children, this is going to be something that they talk about when they are our age. Where were you? Were your parents professionals or other caregivers in the health system? How did it change? Did you have to stop school? Did you have to put off your plans to go to college? Uh, yeah. D- who who passed away in your family oh, due yeah. to that pandemic? Or whose special whose wedding were you not able to go to? Whose funeral were you not able to attend? For us as military families, not ever all of us can just get on a plane and go home right now. Right. There's so many different rules. Right. Yes. So basically how how did it impact your life? Right. And if that answer is going to be different for everyone. So the goal is we as parents need to find a way to ease that pain, ease that anxiety, to make these kids, to help these kids prosper and, and make it more bearable for I th- them. And I think that anxiety can come out in different ways. I don't think your child, I love that you said, what can we do as parents? Because it's not like necessarily, and you might, some kids might be like this, but your child might not walk in and say, I'm kind of like scared about this coronavirus thing, or I'm really upset about trick-or-treating not being able to happen where we are or I'm really upset about not being able to go to my ballet class or whatever I think their frustration and anxiety can come out in different subtle ways that we don't really understand what it's about absolutely and they've also like I said before filled in the gaps with their own perspective and created this new ideal of what makes sense to them and it could be way off and creating even more anxiety That's true. So how can we help ease the pain and make the year 2020 a little bit better of a memory for these kids? Mm. Things like get down on their level to gain perspective. Listen to them. 
Really hear what they're telling you. Ask them what they're hearing on the playground. The kids came home from the playground the other day and were upset because one coughed and everyone else ran away from them because they yelled, oh, he has coronavirus. Oh. So now they're feeling isolation on the playground for just a natural bodily thing. And we we need to hear what they're saying. Listen to them so we can help them through that. Let them know that they're not alone. Because it really has impacted, like in your example, just, you know, playing on the playground, whatever. I had an example that my son encountered a couple weeks ago at school where his friend dropped all his art supplies in the hallway and my son went to go help him and pick it up and he couldn't do that. And wow, it was this really hard moment. I can see as a teacher how that's hard too because like you want to value, of course, like yeah, the kids want to help each other and do something nice for each other. But the ways that you can even do that now in school or at the playground or whatever are so different that something which would have been like a positive action, he ultimately got not in trouble for, but he wasn't able to help his friend. It's just simply not allowed right now. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so just those little change, those little subtle changes, I think are the things that kind of grow this nagging, probably anxiety in them. So I think we need to, like you said, hear from them. How's it going at the playground? What are people saying about this? Because those are the more subtle things than like the more dramatic and obvious things like, sorry, we can't go to the zoo. There was all the tickets were booked or whatever. Well, and that is actually the perfect lead into the next thing we can do to help. The next thing it says, what matters on Wall Street isn't as important as what happens on your street. So as we're all concerned about the economy and the stock market and how America is being affected by Chinese products and merchandise, our kids don't care. Halloween got canceled. Is Christmas still on? Shoot. Okay, I'm feeling better about life now. Mm -hmm. Okay, mom's talking about all these statistics about all these areas going red. Is my playground still open? Okay, I'm good to go. And so think about talking about the positive points in your own community to bring it back into perspective for not only yourself, but absolutely for our kids. Even though, yes, we are concerned about the economy, watch that after they go to bed. Read that on your phone before they wake up. We can change our perspective. We can take a breath. And I need to remember this. I need to stop wording it as, we're stuck at home, Mm. to we are safe at home. Turn your words around into more positive ways of thinking for you, and it's going to do the trickle-down effect to your young children. Mm -hmm. And even there's such a balance there because you want them to know... That this is real. Yes, but like, oh, okay, I'm safe at home, but I'm not safe outside, so I can't You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want them to be so scared to go outside and do things. Because I can see how some kids, like you said, if they were anxious and stuff already, how this might be really hard for them to, what if they want to go to the playground, but they're too afraid to. Right. That's hard. And I know adults have that challenge right now. Yes. So we have to calm our own fears and anxiety so we can help our kids. 
The whole idea of the toilet paper wars. I mean, I was at the store <laughs> this week, and I actually took a picture of our toilet paper aisle. Is it already dwindling? It was empty last time I was there. No. It, it may be restocked by the time anyone else is going this weekend, but I just, I had to laugh. I was like, oh, the toilet paper saga is beginning again. So we have this, this mindset of, oh my goodness, survival mode. We're all going to die, so we need more toilet paper, and... Oh, no coughing so we can go out in town. I mean, let's just take a breath, get it back into perspective because our kids feel this. Mm. They sense our anxiety and yes. desperation. Let's let's just keep it healthy for everyone involved. But how do you really do that if something – I'm thinking of some of my friends who are military spouses who back in March when this really was exploding, their spouses who were deployed just kept being deployed. So how do you – not? I don't want to say positive spin because I don't think that's productive for kids. So when it really is something, oh, actually grandma is sick with us and she's in the hospital or – mom or dad is actually not able to come home when we thought. What are some, and this might be some heavier counselors, psychologist-based recommendations, but I'd be curious how, on tips to kind of communicate the bad news related to COVID to kids, or at least having them cope with any sort of anxious feelings they have about those things that are happening. Well, first of all, we need to validate their fears and concerns. Okay, so give me an example. So I walk in and I say, Mom, I really want to ride bikes with so-and-so. They're letting me borrow their helmet because I can't find mine. I'm nervous about it because of the virus. What do I do? They're leaving in two minutes. Okay, (laughs) we know that this virus is scary and that people can get sick from it. However, we are doing our part as a family. Maybe let your friend put his helmet on the ground and walk away and then you can pick it up and use it. I'm not sure if that's even allowed right now. I don't know. That's a bet. Let me, um, I'll have to think of a new example. But something along those lines of they coming, they're coming to you with a concern. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, so first step is validating their feelings. Yeah, and showing compassion. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I totally understand how you're unsure whether you can wear the helmet or not. Sure. Are we doing all of the steps to keep ourselves and our friends healthy? Have you washed your hands? Yes. Have you been sure not to touch your face? Yes. Okay, are you doing your best to stay six feet away from your friends? Yes. We're spending more time outside than inside with our friends. You are making all of the smart decisions and choices to play with that friend accordingly. I did think of a helmet solution, by the way, <laughs> not to derail us. When we went to a zipline park a couple weeks ago here, they gave you bandanas to wear under it. But anyway. Oh, okay. So, and then maybe, like you said, you validate their feelings, you help them talk through their concerns, and then maybe you come up with a solution together. So, or if you decide not to borrow their helmet, you support them in that. Right. You say, hey, I get it. I know you really wanted to go with them, but I'm proud of you for making the choice not to wear the helmet or to wear the helmet. Whatever they decide that you're supportive of. Well, so my neighbor had a a beautiful Halloween birthday party planned out for her son last weekend. Where we are currently living, we are no longer allowed to do that kind of thing indoors. We're allowed to have two families together or 10 people total. We do a lot of things outdoors. We have a playground right behind our house. And the kids are very savvy at this point in being socially distant. They use their ride-on toys. They like to play Nerf guns. They're staying away from each other and still getting that socialization that they they need so much. 
They had to move the birthday party outside. So they chose to have cake outside for all of the kids to enjoy. The kids were spaced out, playing Nerf guns. It wasn't quite the party they had imagined indoors, but at that point, that was safe. It was inside the guidelines, and it worked for our times. The children, they were listened to. Mom took their concerns and their frustrations, turned it into something different, but completely satisfying. I wonder how you'd address if you had one of the kids who was supposed to attend that party and then all these new regulations came out and then that mom decided she wasn't comfortable sending her kid. That's another hard conversation to have with your kid. If- but at this point, I feel like they're almost used to that. You know, we're, we've are we been dealing with this for eight months now. There's been a lot of birthdays with no parties. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of trips that got canceled. Yeah. Where we live... Trick-or-treating got canceled. Mm -hmm. Our children are still disappointed by these answers, but they have become so graceful at accepting and moving on. If we as parents have a good perspective on it, can can show up to answer our children's concerns and fears with grace and patience and also stick to developmentally appropriate facts. I mean, layman's terms. I was going to ask about that. So how do you explain some of this stuff to the different age groups? I just this morning had to explain to my son that his dad is not coming home when we thought because of this. Mm -hmm. So I had to think for a minute of how detailed in do I get to this. So I, I tend to parent a little differently than some. But I have this phrase and I say, life happens. And at the end of the day, if I don't have a really great answer for you... It's always life happens. You know, things don't go the way we planned. There's a country song that says, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Like things don't go according to plan all the time, even before a pandemic showed up on our doorstep. But I think it's important to validate that they can still be upset when things don't happen. And I think that what is often missing Some social media groups I have seen, you know, when a hard decision is made or another change is made, like canceling trick-or-treating, the backlash about automatically telling people why or why they should or should not be upset about it is not helpful. No. It's okay for people to be upset and grieve something that they were looking forward to. Grieve might be a strong word, obviously, for canceling trick-or-treating, but... And And it's okay to be frustrated. And it's okay to be disappointed. You need that with the validation of that. Yes. Absolutely. Now, adult to adult, that's back to giving each other grace, being patient, and no mom shaming or adult shaming for that matter. We are all dealing with this pandemic very differently. Every family has their own ways of dealing with it, the ways they see it, and the ways of coping. Every family has their rules about it. Let's just respect other humans, knowing that we're all doing the best we can through this thing that none of us would have ever anticipated. And I'd add to that to not comment about the choices other families are making. So if your kid has a friend who they're doing something differently and your kid comes and says, well, how come blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad that's working for them. That's how, what they're doing in their family. Our family is just doing something different. So, but it's, they're both fine. I was out on the trails hiking with my family one day, and this other little family was coming toward us. And, and they sprinted off the other well, way. You never and put know. On their gas masks and right. Yeah. You at this point we are sprayed, prepared. Sprayed you with sanitizer, but go ahead. <laughs> right, we are prepared for that to happen. 
Or they might handle it just the same way we how do. How big? Wait, wait. How big was the path? Like, was it like a? I path? don't know. Like, how close did you have to have to get to them? I don't even know what the punchline here is. Let's but. say a one lane road. Oh, you know, the length okay. of a, a car. So passing with of a car. Okay. Sure. So my family of five was coming toward their family of four, and their littlest Munchkin was probably I don't know two and a half, three on a balance bike way up ahead of her family, mm-hmm. closer to my family at this point. And takes a pretty hard spill off of her balance bike. And she's crying oh. right in front of me. Oh my gosh. And I I go to get this child. I'm a mother for crying out loud. Like you go to help a crying child. And right before I touched her, I stopped. Am I allowed to touch this child? So I looked up to see if the parents were going to give me permission to touch her. And they said, yes, please help her as they're running oh toward her. And I put the child on their feet. But... You know, our motherly instincts are kicking in and we don't even know where those are allowed to be right now. We're all doing the best we can. Let's not judge each other for our choices, their choices, and give each other grace. So a couple more things. Let's bring it back to our family and let's empower our kids through these times. In the spring, some of us were on quarantine or lockdown on you know higher levels than other. I know our friends in the military in Italy were literally on what they called lockdown. They were not allowed to leave their homes. Only one at a time could, you know, let the dog out to go potty. Or... I read I read once that people were, like, borrowing other people's dogs yes. just to go outside. In the Spain, poor... yeah. all of the animal shelters were empty because everybody adopted Aww. dogs to get out of their lockdowns. Mm. I hate to think what happened to them afterwards. I digress. But um, you, so you were only allowed to go out one family member at a time to either let the dog out or go to the grocery store. And so we were all coming up with these ideas on how to make this easier, how to keep kids from not bouncing off the walls. Well, one of those things is to get kid friendly. Teach them how a fun way of washing their hands. There are PBS shows with Elmo and he's singing songs and washing his hands or Put some lotion on your kids' hands with, and then dump glitter so they can see, you know, the glitter would be like germs. And so you've all this glitter on your hand and go wash them off and scrub real hard. Have fun with it. Don't stress out if they didn't wash their hands properly. Empower them. If you are stuck at home, st- oh, there I went again, stuck at home. If you are safe at home <laughs> for a X amount of time, Ask the kids what snacks they would like to have or what activities they would like to do as a family. I know I went to our nearest store with kids' stuff as I knew we were getting closer to quarantines or closures. And I went out and bought craft supplies, Twister, so our kids could wiggle and move. Different things like that to empower them and and get excited while your environment is not changing around you. Also, the whole model positive behavior You stay positive, you say positive things, change your words around from stuck at home to safe at home, and you are just creating a positive environment to help our kids positively through this time. Watch for behavior changes, and the different ages are going to react differently. Mm -hmm. You know, your two-year-old might get clingy. Mm -hmm. Your three-year-old might have some regression in potty training. Your eight-year-old might have anxiety about playing with her friends on the playground. Your high schooler is going to have frustrations about their social lives. Lockdown with mom and dad isn't so fun. I was supposed to be out there lettering for football this year, thinking about college scholarships, and here I sit. Think about the age ranges of your children. 
work and talk through it on their levels and be open with them so they can be open with you. I'm so glad you mentioned the teenagers because I know you and I were both athletes in school mm-hmm. and partially in college. And even I'll just use athletics as an extracurricular example. Having something so strongly part of your identity and then to have that taken away, that's hard for adults. Exactly. And like I said, so on top of maybe they're losing coaches that were positive influences, maybe they were getting some sort of validation and leadership skills about participating in that sport or activity. Maybe they were team captains, whatever it might have been. I can't imagine having that all taken away from you your last year there. Or even the whole senior class and proms canceled. I mean, you wait your whole life to go to this fancy prom. Do you, though? And I, it's that's ca- another. <laughs> some people. <laughs> some people might. But yes, it is. You're right. Some people do. Whatever that thing is, you have to, like you said, validate that people and kids are going to possibly be very devastated by some of this stuff. And to your family, it might not be a big deal, but to someone else's family, that different thing that the spring musical or whatever it was that was taken away is a big deal. So at the end of the day, emphasize kindness to your kids no matter what age and be the kindness to your family and to the others that you want to see in the world. No judging allowed and we'll all get through this together. Thanks for listening to Moms Unschooled. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook or email us at momsunschooled at gmail.com. Juicy!